dream is so beautiful, you know. Come play. The page dynasty is the newest rage. Maybe you've played, maybe you've made a trade. Made list, and now these fish are all up on ya. I mean, you won three ships, they wish they had your. So, this is it. You wanna learn the game. 101 pick when it hits, you feel no pain. Praying for the fantasy championship. Hit the books, kid. Read this pamphlet called the Owner's Manual. It's automatic D dynasty. It, it's automatic owner's manual. It, it, it's automatic D dynasty. It, it's automatic. <laughs> and here are your authors Chris Allen and A A Adam Wildey. All right, everybody, and welcome back. I am Chris Allen, the co host of the Dynasty Owner's Manual podcast. And I'm Adam Wildey, the other co-host of the Dynasty Owners Manual podcast, and I'll get us started with the foreword. First, we've got to announce a DLF partnership. Chris and I are now the video dudes at DLF. We kind of gave ourselves that title. But uh, we'll be doing a video series. It's going to center a lot about our, around the mailbag. So if you're a DLF member already, go ahead and hit that mailbag and start asking questions again. I know it's been down for a little bit, but now we're going to make it into a little bit of a video series. We're going to add more to that, too, but we're going to base it a lot around those questions and make sure we get some people's questions answered on the video. We've also got to talk about the Dynasty Owners Manual family a little bit because, uh, as everyone knows, the Debbie Owners Manual has been killing it. But we've also got Best Ball Owners Manual, which just started this month, and their first episode is out. That's with Jeremy. You might know him as FF Madman, and that's also with Brad Reyes. Uh, they're doing Best Ball content dynasty uh your mfl tens your draft so that's going to be a lot of fun yeah without a doubt and i mean adam this is just to really give some kudos to both brad and jeremy for their first episode now granted and they will both let you know up front that the audio quality for the very first episode i mean a little bit off but just a little mm -hmm. a couple of technical difficulties but as i mentioned to both of them uh the What's the word that I'm using or that I'm trying to think of here? Chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry between the two of them was just uh, very excellent for their yeah. first episode going back and forth over, I mean, many of the topics that they discussed, whether it be player value, team situations, uh, things of that nature. So I'm definitely looking forward to what they're going to create over the next, uh, over the summertime. And uh, hopefully folks that are listening to their podcast are able to utilize the analysis and hopefully it gives it helps them pick up a couple of bucks uh, while they're drafting their teams in best ball. So, but uh, we're here tonight with Russ Fisher, better known as the Dynasty Outhouse himself. And Russ, again, we thank you for coming back and sitting down and talk with us because now you and I are now finally league mates, which is awesome. Uh, but of course, we wanted to bring you on tonight in order to discuss trade since you are the trade master. Or, we'll just, I guess I would say the trade master. Other people might call you a trade addict. But, uh, I mean, getting into it, so now we've got the draft in literally a week. I know folks are starting to get a little antsy uh, when it comes to looking at their rosters. They want to try and make some moves, they want to try and pick up a couple of picks or move some players. Uh, before the actual NFL draft occurs down in Nashville here next week. So could you walk us through, just off the top of your head, what roster situations or what type of roster construction would really trigger you into thinking that 
you need to start moving some players or you need to start acquiring some picks or you need to move out of this uh, this class in order to start building for 2020. So I know you probably trade just because you want to trade, but if you were to think about things in terms of roster construction, the players on your team and things of that nature, well, what would need to happen in order for you to start making that decision that you need to go out and start talking to the other owners about making some trades? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Second of all, take that, Peter Howard, we're tied again. That's why. That's really why I wanted to come on, because I need to have that title of most guest appearances. And the two-parter really screwed you, man. Yeah. I'm not afraid. I'm Peter's going to be in our DMs like after, this, after the show releases asking to come back on. I know it. Okay. Peter probably has a, a hack into the feed, and he probably is already DMing you guys. But to answer your question... All roster constructions make me want to trade around in this draft and next draft and last year's draft. I mean, come on. Uh, it's just what you do depends on what roster you have. If you have... Okay, let's try and break this down. Why would you go into the beginning of this draft? Well, first of all, if you're playing Superflex, you're going to get that one-on-one, get Kyler Murray on your team. If you're rebuilding, the early part of this draft is nice because you can go grab Nikhil Harry, AJ Brown... Uh, Hakeem Butler, those are three guys that are, I mean, you can call them safe, I think. I don't think they're going to be Julio, AJ, you know, guaranteed stud safe, but I think they're all going to be safe players. If you're trying to compete this year, man, I don't know really about this draft. So maybe that's Mm -hmm. when you trade into next year and you can grab all of those. I mean, like everyone's so excited about the running backs and quarterbacks next year, but there's some baller wide receivers there also. Mm-hmm. So if you're set and you don't need anything from this rookie draft, just go to next year and gain a little. I mean, I'm really just repeating everything Shane said last episode. You know, trade back, get a little bit on top, and, you know, get a second in this draft uh, along with a first for the next draft from your first round this year. Because there's a lot of guys I like in the second round. There's no one I think you want to depend on. But there's still a lot of people with high upside. And then you get your first next year where I assuming everyone does actually come out that says they're going to, I you know, Dynasty will never be the same, I think. Yeah. Just the way everyone's talking about it. It's gonna be a big difference. Um so do you feel like um the one oh one's value is so little compared to to years that I remember, but we have Kyler and if he goes to the Cardinals and it were any other draft, say he was in last year. He would have been expensive. I mean, he probably wouldn't have been the 101, but I don't think that you could get a... Let's just say that he is Lamar Jackson. He does the same thing that Lamar Jackson did. Now, I'm not saying they're the same player. I'm not saying that they do the same thing, and I also think that Kyler's a better passer, but let's just pretend that what he's going to put on the field is going to be the same thing as Lamar Jackson. He would cost significantly more than what the 101 costs this year. And I think a lot of that is uh, just stemming from a lot of people thinking that this class is a down class. Sure, it's down from some years, but we're not going to know if it's a down class until next year or the year after that or after these guys pan out. You feel like Kyler is probably a huge target right now at at 101? Absolutely. I was going to... Yeah, if this was my own show and you were Brian talking, I totally would have just interrupted you and said that's why you go by the 101 right now. 
but since I'm a guest, I'll show a little bit of respect at least. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, that's you're exactly right on. Go by the 101 because everyone has it drilled into their head that this is a down class. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not Saquon, it's not Zeke. I get it, but it's a quarterback at 101. And a good that, one. yeah, even if you are worried about his size. So we were okay. We were worried about Mariota's size. He still got drafted second overall. Yeah. And well, okay. I love Mariota probably a lot more than most people even mm-hmm. listening to the show. He still held his value for a very long time, and that's what we necessarily care about. Yeah, we want the production. We want him to come in and give us points right away. But even just to speak to that for a second, you should not be expecting anything from your rookies the first year. I think we've gotten spoiled with Saquon and Zeke, and Mm -hmm. we're still spoiled from 2014. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you are counting on your rookie to come in and help you win, you're probably not good enough to win. Not just not counting Zeke and Saquon, because that just they aren't fair. Mm -hmm. And that's where it comes in that you were discussing trading into next year, like Chris posed that question. Trading into next year doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to give my 109 for a 2021st and how boring is that? You have to wait another year. Why don't you take your 103 and turn it into a later contributor and something next year? What about like your 102 and at, for Mark Ingram and a 2021st or something off the top of my head where this player is going to give you value this year? It's going to be fun to have this player on your team next year, but you're also going to buy into the next class. I'm not really a huge advocate for just uh, just putting all your chips into next year and waiting to do the same thing over again. Who knows what's going to happen in the next year? And not to mention, we have the huge cloud looming over our head right now that's going to loom over your head every year. The NFL draft. All these players that we love can just be trashed by this time next week because they all went to horrible spots. So that's another thing you have to worry about when you talk about trading into next year. Even if you... I believe the question is kind of posed towards a rebuilding team. Even if you are a rebuilding team, you're still betting on the same uncertainties that you have this year, except for the one part of the equation is that's different is the players. So you're betting on better players next year, but you still have to bet on them to not get injured. You still have to bet on them to get good landing spots, show out at the combine, show out at their pro days. You know, it's there's a lot of gambling in this rookie season. Yeah, and also, the reason I probably should have expanded, that's the word, the better shot for a producing rookie is going to be a running back. It will always take wide receivers longer to develop, which is why if you're rebuilding, you go for the wide receivers because they'll take them a year or two, and then in a year or two, your team will get better. There's no point in getting a rookie running back right now who in two years, who knows, because running backs get hurt on a higher percentage that wasn't phrased correctly but you know what i mean you kind of want all of your stuff to meld together at the right time so that's why if you push off to next year and you have a good team your team is only going to get better if you can get automatic production from first round running back which you are in a normal year likely to get no less than a running back heavy year you're also higher chances gonna get so looking at this class then so we do have quite a few wide receivers that are being pushed up right now based off of the just 
to me, it seems like while the wide receivers are, I mean, they're great. I think I've seen a lot of uh, like t- players that I can see performing well or at a very high level for a number of years uh, throughout the NFL, throughout their NFL career. But is it me or is it just that these wide receivers are good or are they better? Or are they just better than the running back class, which I think it's a little bit of both in that we have some of these players that we're not as spoiled as we are, like you guys were just saying, we're not as spoiled as we are in in past classes. We don't have the Zeke. We don't have the Baquan. We don't have those types of players that are just like, okay, well, now we need to invest in running backs. So I think that's part of the equation here when we come to evaluating this class. And, of course, at the the 101 for Superflex, we have Kyler Murray. Uh, So I guess my question... When it comes to drafting or trying to build your team, I guess, is there any roster construction, again, as we're trying to evaluate our our full team as our entire roster, is there any reason to go ahead and say, well, Kyler Murray is the, is the 101, or for most people, Nikhil Harry, if it's a one-quarterback league, Nikhil Harry is, is the 101. But I really need a running back, and I've got the 101. So I have no chance, I have no shot at getting Josh Jacobs. So should you take Josh Jacobs at that point? Or should you look at your dynasty roster in the sense of this is a dynasty, we have multiple years that we need to try and invest in order to make our rosters better or championship type rosters that we should still go ahead and say that, well, these uh, these players are valued at such a way that I need to stick to those rankings in order to recoup the most value for the pick that I have. Because which... Which path do you normally go down? Draft for talent, trade for need. If it fitted on a t-shirt, I would put it on a t-shirt. Uh, Rotowares would probably do the, something like that. By the way, hashtag never veto. Like if it. you guys. Yes. If you have, it depends how much of a believer in Josh Jacobs you are. Let's, let's start with that. I mean, some people have them like really crazy high. I think they did, uh, wait, did your mock draft. That's the podcast I was just listening to. Uh, was it? Peebles that took him at two? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, if you have Harry at one, Jacobs at two, just take Jacobs at one. I mean, that's mm-hmm. whatever. If you can trade back that one pick because you know some dude wants Harry, yeah, that's, yeah, cool, awesome. You won't get too much. Shane was saying in your last episode, this is a tough draft to trade around in because mm-hmm. the first tier of players is like three or four players and then it's like 18 to 20 of like okay maybe sure why not so trading within those tiers is going to be very tough but man if you can get a second a third Mm -hmm. i mean you're not going to get mark ingram but maybe you can get a role-playing running back Mm -hmm. out of somebody sure trade back a little bit that gives you josh jacobs and your bye week fill-in for when josh jacobs has his bye but if you are like me and don't really care about any of these running backs in this league in this draft i just i don't have anyone i'm planting a flag in like mm-hmm. just to say like this is the running back i want so if that's the case would i just take him at one no i would i would trade back that's the as far as you can to grab any of the running backs because mm-hmm. i me personally without knowing landing spots right now they're all the same and last week it was basically uh me and shane were saying that essentially trading back in this class is going to be so difficult because if people have a guy they're probably going to get them where they're at or it's a coin flip because of these tiers which i'll get into in just a second but essentially we were saying if you have the 104 good luck trading back to the 106 in previous years you might have had the 104 and uh gotten the 106 and uh 
a player. I mean, you might have got like the one of the one oh six and Will Fuller or something like that off the top of my head for for the one oh four. And you know, this year you're gonna ask for a turkey sandwich, so they're gonna say, No, I'm hungry. Like you're not gonna be able to trade back really and and it's very league dependent. So Chris asked me this question before we started the show and I thought about it for a second and I'm one hundred percent just like you, Russ, if you've seen my trade addict six team, I didn't care what position that I drafted. I mean, I would have drafted all wide receivers if that's what the value said. I just took the most valuable player off the board, and then I've made a ton of trades. That's how I choose to play Dynasty. So my answer to this question is, one, this is why we have tiers. I I prefer tiers than ranking. So let's Mm -hmm. say I have the 101, and uh, let's pretend that Harry, DK, Butler, and AJ all get great spots. I don't want the 101. I'm flipping a four-sided coin. Give me the 104 and literally anything. You know what I mean? Give me the 104 and a 2023rd for the 101 and sure, of course, one QB, no Kyler. Running backs, if we're talking tiers and we get outside of that top four that I just said, and we're talking the five to the seven, well, I really like Sanders, Jacobs, and Montgomery. Same thing. They all get great landing spots. Well, why would I take... The player at 105 that I value equally is the player that's going to go 107, 108. So then I'll try to trade back and I'll take literally anything. But this all goes to show you're going to have to take pretty much anything if you want to trade back. Yeah, and it has to be worth it. Uh, if you, I mean, I don't know how I was about to talk to the audience like they could answer back, but if you were around in 2016, the wonderful, wonderful year of Laquan Treadwell, Corey Coleman, Josh Doxson. I mean, Sterling Shepard didn't end up terrible. Uh, Derrick Henry hasn't really paid off or anything. Like that year, you couldn't move for the life of you because everyone felt the same way. Once you got past Zeke, everyone was just like, you pick first. Tell me who I should take, which I love because I could blame someone else when, you know, Corey <laughs> Coleman happens. Right. Oh, I had so many Corey Coleman shares. I still have a lot of them. But it's like that's that's what happens when you have these tiers and these drafts, no less, where there is just high end and then yep. <laughs> it's it's so tough to move around. But like you said, anything. Take anything mm-hmm. that's somewhat usable. You someone's gonna give you a third, awesome. You'll use that to move up later when you want to. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone's gonna give you I mean, Mark Ingram's a little high. Someone's gonna give you like a, a wide receiver three, awesome. You'll he'll fill in for you at least one week. Right. Just take it. Why? Because it's you're getting something for probably getting the same guy you wanted anyway, because there's a good chance other people like a different person in the same tier because the tier is thirteen people. Take mm-hmm. the chance. And especially if you don't plant a flag, you'll just be happy with whatever lands at you. And I think it was you and I that had the conversation about thirds just being trade chips. Oh, yeah. And if you have the 102, assuming you also have the 202, let's say that you have the 102 and you don't care if you get DK or AJ Brown or Hakeem. You take the 102 and you sell it to um, the 104 for the 104 and the 302 and then you get to your 202 pick and you see at 201 is still tj hawkinson and you know you you take that three that you just traded for trade up with your 202 
and you get TJ Hawkinson when you would have had Debo or something, which fine, but I would rather have Hawkinson, you know? So you just kind of owned your draft right there. Yeah, see, that's it's funny. That's, that's one of the hardest parts of my show. Like when we're evaluating trades, especially because when we're evaluating trade addicts trades, it's like, oh, I, I, got, I, I wish I got to gotten something like this other guy. But the, the, the thing is, that guy's not going to be on that person's team for very long. Everyone jokes you should think of Dynasty. Well, everyone says you should think of Dynasty in like a two, three year window. I think of it in like a two, three week window because. I mean, I don't know how long my team has ever looked the same. And any piece I get in a trade is always, you know, fuel for another. You know, I love getting the message, you know, you know is this guy on the block? <laughs> Everybody's on the block, man. Just throw me something. I mean, it's the silliest thing to say, no, I will never trade this person. You're always allowed to like someone more than everyone else and mm-hmm. say, dude, you probably can't afford my price. Sure. Um, I had someone come after Joe Mixon on one of my teams. And while I'm not like super ridiculously high on Joe Mixon. I only have one share and I wanted a share. I'm like, you're going to have to come a little hard because I, this, I want this guy on this team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unless you can join another league and trade me Joe Mixon, in which case we can do a normal trade here. Right. <laughs> that, that might be collusion, but we won't get into that. Well, yeah. well, the, the two of you know that how I feel about Darius guys, but that doesn't mean that everybody does. So it was very difficult when somebody came at me and said, um, Hey, like I, I have a lot of wide receiver threes, like some pretty, solid wide receiver threes and i've got some good picks in the later first and early second they had a lot of picks in that range and they're like looking to kind of send a package like that for darius guys and it was really hard for me to not just laugh and it not because i think that the guy was trying to rip me off or anything it was he was probably trying to put together a decent package but like you were saying with Mixon, i mean i will sell darius guys and i did advise chris to sell darius guys in a trade but it's going to take a lot, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that before we move on, just that it is okay to be a, uh, above consensus. And That's just me saying that I would sell Darius Geis if you bought him for what I think he'll be worth next year, then that's fine. But uh, for what he's worth now, no, I'd rather hold for that price. Sure, sure. And I think, well, and we, you and I, Adam, we've had this conversation and want to open this up to everybody and saying that for me personally, it's, I'm always looking for the production as it comes for the 2019 season. That's typically, I'm trying in that kind of win now mode. But as you and I have discussed, especially in the recent trade that we had in league with no name, it was like, we moved Carrie and Johnson there were some other ancillary pieces in the deal, but the main piece that we got back was Kamara. So I'm like, mm-hmm. great, we've got Kamara. But then you're like, well, we can move Kamara for this person. I'm like, well, wait, we just got this really great. So it's just, it's, it's a different mindset in terms of how you view players and also how you want to move and build your team with respect to not just the upcoming season, but also seasons afterwards. So at least from this conversation, at least my biggest takeaway is that Rankings, while they do help you establish value of individual players and you can rack and stack them however you want, but even in redraft, creating tiers for players is really the best way to understand the value of a player within Mm -hmm. the context of the other players around him. So while everybody might value, again, assuming this is super flex, Kyler Murray at the 101, but then shortly after that, we do have the the Keela Harrys, the Hakeem Butlers, DK Metcalfs, Josh Jacobs, I mean, AJ Brown. I mean, those guys that are in that top tier, but everybody after that, 
it's just kind of like, well, sure. I mean, you you go ahead of me so I know which player is available and I'll just take that guy. So if you already know that coming in or you have that understanding, it does make it easier for you to move through the draft and make your picks afterwards because you're not having to say that, well, this ranking says that I should take this player afterwards. It's not about the rankings. It's about that value of that player within the context of when you're you're drafting them. So it does make things a little bit easier. It makes that process for determining value a bit easier. So, again, while... Everybody's out there publishing their rankings right now, and sure, a lot of people will probably shuffle their ranks between now and next Thursday. If you value the players in that way, if you're able to establish tiers, it's much easier for you to say, well, if I have picks two through six, these are the guys that I'm willing to pay for. If I have picks seven, anything past seven, okay, fine, and Mm -hmm. I'll just deal with it then, and I'll move through that as, as I need to. But now we can actually apply some of that knowledge and look at actual players and see how we would actually approach that. So, Adam, set it up for the folks. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to take the top 12 players from the DLF recent mock, so April's rookie DLF ADP. And uh, each of the three of us has picked two players. Now, this isn't your traditional mock draft because we don't actually get to pick the players. We are given the players that we choose to, uh, we had chosen at that spot. So this isn't me at the 101 saying I'll take Nikhil Harry. This is me getting Nikhil Harry at the 101 and wishing I'd have done this, that, or been happy getting him at the 101. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off and I'll kind of use this as an example for the rest of the exercise. Um, guys, since we have me two in a row, you two in a row, Chris, and you two in a row, Russ, um, we're just going to flip-flop because it's okay. You can just say I had the 106 and this is who got taken for me. So I'll start at the 101, and I was given Nikhil Harry. So Nikhil Harry wasn't the 101 all offseason. Uh, I believe DK Metcalf got there a few times. Uh, but, but my thing with the 101 that we've kind of touched on a few times, I really like Nikhil Harry. And you can go back to our first episode with Debbie Owner's Manual where he was who I was raving about, and it's just stayed consistent. I haven't had a need to move him out of the one-on-one spot. What has happened, though, is that I've started to really like Hakeem Butler, and I've started to really like A.J. Brown, so much so to the point that that's my tier. That's my top three. So I'm okay with A.J. Brown just as much as I'm okay with Nikhil Harry, unless one of them goes to an amazing spot. But, you know, those three players are probably going to get drafted around the same spot. So what I'm doing with my 101 in this situation, I'm going to probably try to trade back to the 103. 104 and 103 is a big difference to me, though. I wish I liked DK more, and I think he's going to be great at what he does. I just don't value him in the same tier. So I don't want the 104, but what I would do is try to trade back to the 103, and I'd be looking for... 103 and 304 for the 101. And then I would have taken uh, whoever's available after uh, Hakeem or A.J. Brown or or Harry if he had fallen to three in that scenario. So that's what I'm doing with my 101 after I got Harry, and that's how I felt about getting Harry at the 101. Felt good about getting him at the 101, but I would have been just as happy getting that extra third and picking from the other two. So that uh, that puts you on the clock, Chris, with... AJ Brown at 104. I would actually love to get AJ Brown at the 104. I wouldn't have too much of an issue because, as we've just discussed, 
at least from a tiers perspective, I think A.J. Brown should be within that first tier of players that most folks will be considering. So I do think that A.J. Brown would be, I would be ecstatic to get him at 104. And actually, to be quite honest with you, if I'm holding the 104 and I see A.J. Brown available at the, I would honestly probably trade up for him in order to get him at, a, at an earlier price if need be. Because again, when it comes to his production, what he can do on the field, the versatility, and we've talked about this in a couple over uh, the past couple of shows. I do think that he is the least landing spot dependent wide receiver that's within this tier. You could maybe say that about Nikhil Harry, but to me, I think both. I think AJ Brown he can play in the slot, he can play outside. So I don't think it matters too much in terms of where he winds up at. If he winds mm-hmm. up on the Colts, ooh baby, you better believe yeah. I'm going to throw yeah. everything I've got in terms of. I mean, in terms of draft capital in order to pick up AJ Brown. But regardless, if I'm sitting at the 104 and I'm able to pick him up, I'm happy. If I needed to trade up in order to get him, absolutely, I would also do. I would do that as well. What are you willing to add there at the 104 to get up to that 103 spot when uh, when the person says, "Hey, 103 is on the block." Um, I would actually be willing to put together something like if it's not a late, let's see, so a 20. If we're talking current draft picks, yeah, it'd probably mm-hmm. be. A, I would I would toss in a late second. I wouldn't cool. be I wouldn't be mad at that or. Possibly even, uh, let's see, if we're talking 2020 picks, like future picks, uh, 2022nd, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind tossing in that as well. And that puts you on the clock, Russ. Uh, you got to pick, you got Harmon at 108. All right. I chose this because this is where I'm fine taking, if I don't have that first tier and don't get, don't have the ability to trade into that first tier. I want to trade back to about here because this is where it's just upside. You know, why not? Uh, and especially with Harmon himself, because I mean, Harmon is a lot of people's wide receiver one. It used to be more people, but you know, still is for a few. Yeah. So at the one Oh eight. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, and assuming you earned the one Oh eight, getting someone who is all upside is exactly what you're looking for because like i said before you're not expecting this guy to score points what you are hoping for out of your rookie draft is to replenish in a year or two you know yeah you have aj green ty hill and you have these 29 year olds and we know you basically turn to a bag of bone dust at the age of 30 as a wide receiver so you have now kelvin Harmon in year two year three ready to have his breakout so that's what i would be going for right now just because I can't help but talk about other people's choices also. Uh, my first tier is three people. I don't have DK in my first tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's another guy that if he was around at 108, I would absolutely jump on. And it seems like as more time goes on, he's sort of falling that far. Mm-hmm. So I more chose this area as opposed to Harmon himself, even though I do like the idea of Kelvin, Har- Kelvin Harmon. He will be absolutely landing spot dependent as opposed to those first guys you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care necessarily where Harry Butler or AJ Brown. AJ Brown, please go to the Seahawks. Please, um, that's what I said yeah. too. It's it's too. the perfect fit. It's like walking into exactly what he was and what the Seahawks need. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But not not the point right now. <laughs> well, have, well, that'll be my next show, so I could beat Peter out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, getting back to this spot. You know, there's going to be people that are going to bite on running backs. You know, mm-hmm. Miles Sanders is getting 
hyped mm-hmm. to no doubt josh jacobs also and like we just talked about the fact that there's a chance he goes 102 so that's mm-hmm. going to push these high high ceiling wide receivers back and that's what i want if i actually earn the 108 because yeah you want your team to get better but you're not going to go from the 108 to the 112 next year by who you draft at the 108 it's just that's not how this game works so if you are just using this rookie draft like you're supposed to well trading your pick away to get veterans to go make your team better is how you're supposed to but you know that's a secret between you and us Um, (laughs) but if you're going to use your pick and it's this late you are going for someone who two years down the line could come out of the way and be a contributor to your team and that's what i would go for right now in kelvin Harmon. i have no issue with that actually but a quick question so let's say i'm sitting at so you're at the 108 i'm sitting at let's say the 111 112 something like that i come at you with the i say all right well i want your 108 i'm offering you the 111 and a player off the top of my head uh, duke johnson where are we at? Am I am I far off from actually making that deal, or just to give people a range of options in terms of how you would need to trade up in order to get to that spot? I mean, yeah, no, that's probably pretty on there. You know, early-ish mm-hmm. third mm-hmm. is probably what it would take. Honestly, you guys were talking before, and like I said, I wanted to show a little bit of respect being a guest on your show. I mean, it would take <laughs> a little bit more than a third for me to move around in the early first. Mm-hmm. Like, I would need to see a two there, even if it's next year. Sure. If it's not a, an active player right now, which I would usually prefer. Uh, but a thir- like right now, an early third, late second would absolutely get me to drop back to the 111 because, you know, what I've been saying this whole time, you're going for upside. And there's a lot of guys with very high ceilings back here, but also very scary floors. Right. right. So, yeah, there's a lot of people. Like, I love the second round of this draft getting, well, end of first going into the second round of this draft. Mm-hmm. And it's only, again, for teams that you do not, like, if these guys miss, it won't hurt you. That That's what you need to understand. Uh, so I would absolutely trade back if it can get me a wide receiver running back three. You know, someone I could plug in for bye weeks. And what we haven't uh, directly addressed yet, we've kind of alluded to it, but if you are dead set on your ranks, don't change your ranks or don't change your tiers because of anything else. But know your league mates um, and know where they're going to take guys because – like you said, some people do still have Harmon at wide receiver one. I don't agree with them. But if Harmon's your wide receiver one, don't take him at wide receiver one. So that's where it definitely comes in where get whatever you can, maybe not to move back to the 108 because 108 is right on the money, right? So all it takes is one person who's like, hmm, I'll take Harmon instead of Sanders. So you don't want to move all the way back to the 108. But to move back from the 101 to the 106, you could get a pretty penny and still get Harmon. That's the point where the tiers matter and not just your tiers. You know, know the guys around you. This topic, when Chris and I discussed the show tonight earlier, came up that, uh, so what do you do if you want to take Jake, Josh Jacobs at one-on-one, but he's not the consensus one-on-one? Well, know your league mates and try to figure out who they're drafting. And Trade Attic 6, I have the one-on-one and the one-on-three, and I feel like I pester Jay Mike once a week to figure out what he's trying to do with that 102. And he's pretty much doing whatever I don't do. So we we know what's going on there. So don't reach that far. It's okay to reach on your guy every once in a while if you're reaching a few picks. But go ahead and try to get some value out of your uh, out of being high. And then wait till you pat yourself on the back when Harmon really was the wide receiver one 
and you got him, you know, in addition to Duke or something, and Duke gets traded somewhere, you know, that would be awesome. But free this Duke. takes a, free Duke. This takes us to round two real quick, and uh, I got Metcalf at three. Honestly, a lot of my first statement is going to apply to this one as well. It's just uh, he's not in my top tier, and uh, I will say he's my wide receiver four for now, depending on on where they land. So I'm not the uh, in the DK Metcalf complete hater crowd. I really like the guy. Uh, just he's for wide receiver one in tier two. So what I'm going to do at 103, if I had the Metcalf pick, I would actually be trying to trade back. I, I like all three running backs uh, more than Metcalf, but then I like him after the three running backs. So what I'm trying to do is basically get the cheapest of those three running backs. And like you alluded to, Russ, uh, let somebody else make the decision for you because right now I don't see a lot separating these three running backs. They're all different. Uh, you know, you've got the lack of production. You've got the only one year production. You've got the Uber production, but maybe just doesn't stand out as much with Montgomery. I'll take any of the three. So that means I don't want to trade back from the 103 to the 105. I want to trade back from the 103 to the 107 and uh, just recoup as much value as possible. Let somebody else take uh, two of the three in the big three running backs, and I'll take the best available after that. So uh, that's going to put you on the clock, Chris. You got Jacobs at five. No, wait, hold on. There is an Al Davis in every league. True. Someone Just will love. <laughs> someone will love DK. Oh, yeah. Just because of how fast he is. He's big and he's fast. Mm-hmm. Use that. There has to yep. be. Just look at people's rosters. See who has John Ross. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Who has him still rostered? That guy yeah. wants DK Metcalf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know your I, league mates. There's, there's at absolutely. least one in every league that will value DK much higher than they should. Yes. I, so, I, I 100% agree with that. And actually, that kind of segues into, I guess, my feelings on Josh Jacobs at the, at the 105. Because I think with... So much of his production, I, mean, I know there's some questions about, okay, well, he played for Alabama, but he was never really like the main guy. But we saw this uh, this piece that came out from SB Nation. We're talking about he's learning from Julio Jones. We have all of these traits like it, uh, that come with, uh, with Josh Jacobs that make him seem like he is going to be the RB1 of this class. And while that might be true... I'm still okay with getting David Montgomery. I'm still okay with getting Miles Sanders. I'm still okay with pretty much, a, a, I would say, those are probably the two that I would be most comfortable with taking along or like in the same range as Josh Jacobs. But the 105 for Josh Jacobs, I would be just as fine taking him if I were able to trade back a few spots and just pick up, again, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, somebody like that. So in this case, I'd be more than happy to, to trade back. I'd be looking to move a few spots back. I mean, give me give me something. I mean, give, give me a third. Give me give me a late second. Give me give me something out of the 2020 class. I mean, let let's have that conversation. But yeah, Josh Jacobs at 105. Again, I'm just not as I'm not as up on this running back class as everybody else. I'm way more into the wide receivers. But then I'm I'm more biased towards wide receivers anyway because it's typically what I study. I study wide receivers. I study mm-hmm. quarterbacks. So that could be my personal bias, like eking out, and that's fine. But 105 for Josh Jacobs, a bit too rich for my blood, so I'd be looking to move back a few spots. And you brought a lot to the conversation by mentioning, Russ, that there's always an Al Davis because to a lot of listeners right now, it's just like 
to quote Bobby Koch, all of our buddy, uh, who I think you quoted. So it's like the uh, the Michael quote from Wayne Gretzky on Office. If you mm-hmm. if you watch, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, anyways, uh, Bobby said, if everybody's looking to trade back, then nobody's trading back. You know where he got that quote from? Where did he get it? That guy Bobby, right there. So so Bobby quoted Wayne Gretzky. If <laughs> if everybody's trying to trade back, nobody's trying to trade back. But in this case, there's a few players that some people would consider landmines. Now I'm not going to call Metcalf a landmine because the dude might absolutely blow up, and I would not be surprised whatsoever. And but, Kevin White still might be a thing. Maybe he's in the best shape of his life, so I heard. <laughs> I don't know if that dude was ever not in shape. I mean, to be honest <laughs> with you, even when the dude couldn't run, he still looked like a tank. But um, we're all trying to trade back, and I think it's the savvy thing to do. But don't get discouraged that nobody wants these players. I mean, we want all these players. We just think that we can get similar value a little bit later. There are going to be people where they're just like. I did so much film review on Nikhil Harry. I have to have the 101. And I'm going to say, okay, dude, as long as you have the 103, I'm all about it. <laughs> so go ahead, it's Russ. It's just, it's knowing that you're not the smartest person ever. You know, right, right. no one's going to get all of these guys right, which is why I'm mostly fine letting people tell me who to draft in my tier. As long as I'm getting. Harry, AJ Brown, or Hakeem Butler. That's I'll take I'll take one oh three every time, just so I don't have to choose. Right. First of all, again, I get to blame the other two guys for saddling me with the dude that didn't hit. <laughs> <laughs> or I could be like, Matt, I knew Butler was gonna hit this whole time. That's why I picked him. Genius. You know, all the credit, none of the blame. That that you is the trade addict's motto. Yeah. No, it's planting your flag is one thing. Like if you like harry more than the other two guys more power to you Mm -hmm. you know go get harry trade up for harry you'll have to trade to 101 i'm sure Mm -hmm. but if you are like me especially in this class who i just i like a bunch of guys there's no one i'm thrilled about especially in the first round yeah let it fall to you i mean that doesn't necessarily mean you have to trade back you know if you have the 105 106 you want one of those running backs cool You'll get one of them eliminated for you. Someone's going to take Josh Jacobs first. All right, I guess I'm getting Miles Sanders. I guess, you know, you know what? I like Daryl Henderson a little bit more. Let me just take him here. Whatever. That's fine. Good for you, Matt. That's why everyone always says trade back. It's because you want to acquire more assets and you never want to show that you feel like you know more than everyone else. Because Mm -hmm. A, you don't. And B, you just look like a jerk when you're wrong. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> absolutely true. And I guess, and maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but is this one of those classes where if you were to look at everybody's draft, let's say that it's a month or two months down the road, and we just look at like everybody's league's first round draft, and you just looked at it, whatever would just be like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. Like, I don't think any, even if the order is just completely mixed up outside of that first tier, outside of those first like three to four mm-hmm. picks. 5 through 12, they could be ordered whichever way that you want. And you're just like, oh, okay, all right. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah. Yes. I see that. Put okay. all I mean, the names yeah. in the hat from 1-7 to 205. And before I go any further, I'm not saying that all the players from 1-7 to 205 are not bad. I think that they all have the equal chance to hit. So yeah. give me like 1-7 to 205, put it in a hat, shake it up. Give me a player. Uh, I'll ride with them. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to put my flag in that player. That's that's that because 
I think there's a lot of talent. There is a lot of talent, but I don't think there's a lot that separates these players, which is why um, a lot of people, very, very smart people, are telling you, get the heck out of the end of the first. Go ahead and plant your flag at the mid to early first, but get the heck out of the late first because your late first round pick might not even stack up to the 206 by this time next year. Right. Like, oh, you took Paris Campbell at the 108. Okay. Oh, and you then Debo Samuel, you yeah, know? yeah. You took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside at the 109. Okay, fine. Oh, yep. sure. Okay. Yeah, and I thought I didn't like Marquise Brown until I listened to you guys. Same. And, uh, yeah. You and Shane, you guys just completely talked me into liking him again. Me too. Me so, too. I mean, yeah, there you go. Another guy to drop into that second tier. And it's just like, all right, yep, another guy. And right. you know there's going to be one landing spot that's going to platform another guy into there. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be a landing spot from that, you know, maybe whoever lands with the Ravens is probably going to drop back into that tier because nobody wants the wide receiver on the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Stompy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it's just going to get bigger. <laughs> I, yeah. It, it's... <sighs> tra- it's it's tough because, yeah, everybody wants to trade back, but the, what I've noticed is last year in the, in the Trade Addicts Leagues, in the startups, same thing. Everybody wanted to trade back. That usually means trading up is cheap. And Absolutely. that's what I used... To my advantage, you know, I ended up with two to three first round startup picks just because everyone's like, no, I need to get these assets. I need to get more. I need to trade back because it's so ingrained in their brain. That's what they should do. If you do like someone, yeah, go get them. I, this game is about fun. First and foremost. Yes. You, you like DK Metcalf, man, go spend that 103 on him. You uh-huh. know, make sure you get him. Good for you. Be happy about it. If you take this thing too seriously, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, Especially if, rookie drafts. Don't pick that to take too seriously. Oh, man. If I, mean, if I did this for money, I would like, – well, for real money because clearly money goes into everything. Like if I did a high-stakes league, I would not draft a single player, no, at least in the first round. all day. Yeah. I'd, I'd trade for proven talent every single year and mm-hmm. then take a couple of ceiling shots in the second round. Yes. Yeah, I won my 250 uh, FFPC league last year, and so I have the 112. It's really hard to trade in that league, but the only thing that I don't have is a tight end, and I promised you that 112 is going to get turned into a tight end because, like you said, Russ, the league that I kind of feel like I have to take seriously because I have no business paying that much of an entry fee, I'm not going to take a shot at 112. There's no chance, especially when I have to make roster cuts because it's a short league. You know how bad it would hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That would hurt so bad going Mm -hmm. into next year if I actually drafted that 112 and then I had to cut them off my roster when I could have had, you know, who. You know, you can get a few tight ends that are going to help you this year with the 112. So, Well, this also wonderful, wonderful transition into my next pick. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I picked the 110 and... No offense. I would do exactly what you just said. I have this 110, and all of these tight ends are still on the board. I'm going to go get OJ Howard. I'm going to go get David Njoku. I'm going to go get a guy who's been in the league for a few years. Mm-hmm. Because we love the idea of Fant and Hawkinson, and people are starting to love Irv Smith. And yeah, I guess that's really it. I mean, Stoneberger, I think just because him going to the Patriots is becoming a thing that people are starting to really like him. Yes. Um, but 
tight ends, the only, when was the last tight ends that really produced year one and don't give me Evan Ingram because that was purely circumstantial? It, exactly. Right. Yeah. right. He was the only person. Like, it took four dudes getting injured for Ingram mm-hmm. to be a thing. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen often it's enough to try and bank on it to happen. So, I mean, yeah, you probably won't get those. I mean, maybe if it's not a tight end premium league, which if it's not a tight end premium league, I don't think the tight ends should go in round one. Agreed. Just Agreed. putting that out there in general. Uh, trade addicts leagues are 1.75 points per reception for tight ends. The tight ends are going to go in round one. Two tight end leagues. Man, I have the 106 in a two tight end, tight end premium league. I'm probably taking Fant there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea. So if you if you're in the deep in deep in the C two league, ignore that or <laughs> whatever. I love Fant. I love the idea of Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. He lands on the Patriots. This is a different question. I'm taking. He'll go too early. <laughs> yes. But if I can get him at one ten, <laughs> there's some things you have to consider that probably won't happen. And there's always one thing that will make completely just disregard everything anyone says. Right. But I would move this for if I'm in your situation. Chances are you earn the 110, you are one piece away from just winning. Because once you get to the playoffs, you know, it's anybody's game. Completely random. Right. So give me that guy I know will produce as opposed to this guy that will probably be a tight end three. Well, the tight end three in like two, three years. Mm -hmm. Right. Give me me this now because, man, I want to win now and pay for the next three years while I'm waiting for another guy to mature into the league. And for that practical application of the league that I have with the $250 FFPC league, I can't draft a tight end and wait for him, even though I do love Fant. I've watched a lot of Fant, Hawk, and Irv, and I like all three just as much as everyone else. Don't think anybody's wrong. But Jimmy Graham is who I won the ship with last year. I'm lucky to have won with him last year, and I'm going to be really, really lucky if I even get to use him this year. So... I can't take Fant. What is that going to do for me? I'm just going to look at him on my bench while I start someone very random, like Trey Burton. Especially in short bench leagues or, you know, Mm -hmm. small cutdowns. Exactly. So it's nice to see 110. And if that's a luxury pick for you because you earn the 110 and you already have Kittle, absolutely reload with Fant and then wait probably a couple years and then he might be an absolute stud. Yeah, but got to be honest, if I wouldn't take Fant with the people that are still on the board. Uh, again, unless yes. we're talking two tight end, unless we're talking tight end premium. I know that's not necessarily the practice that we're trying to do right now, but I just felt the need to put it out there that they're, we're, we're in this tier that's just so freaking gigantic sure. that tight end is such a eh, position unless you make it a valuable position. Yeah, you position almost have to caveat league. that type of pick when you're talking about the tight end position. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to talk about Fant because especially with tight ends and it, they are going to sound like such sexy picks Mm -hmm. because of actual NFL talk, not, and because of dreams. That's okay. In the non point scoring season, that's how you win. The prettiest roster does win. Yes. To be fair. My trade out. We are talking about scoring points. (laughs) Like we're talking about, you know, winning the championship. Right. If this were my show, we would just be talking about pretty rosters and, you know, <laughs> I'm taking Noah Fant right away. Oh, my right. goodness. <laughs> if my team, if I had Odell and Hunt on my team and 
I would have won the ship if I had them and just that happened. Yeah, I'll take Fant because that is, again, if you have the ability to take mm-hmm. a luxury pick, exactly. Think, but, and again, a lot. So I apologize. <laughs> I'm just rambling my head off. Uh, tight ends in a rookie pick, in a rookie draft are 100% luxury picks, especially in the first round. Yeah, sure. Uh, there are guys that, I mean, we were just talking about how we've started to like uh, Hollywood Brown again. Right. Uh, you mentioned J.J. Arcega Watts, and I'm probably ruining what we're going to talk about next. And we're talking about people that we would probably want in here, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm going. Like, there's a lot Do of people. It. You know, Paris Campbell's up here. Uh, there's so there's a lot of people I would probably take here instead of a tight end. And again, I don't want to. We kept saying the same thing too many times. This is what I was trying to avoid. But man, just trade back. Get the two hundred three yeah. and pick one of these guys that are going to be left on the board because Fant is going to go, and then almost guaranteed within two picks, there goes Hawkinson. Right. The tight ends in the first and early second, especially if Irv gets a good landing spot, is the same bump that you get from being in a super flex league in this draft because in a super flex league where you have the 106 and last year we had five quarterbacks that were going to go in the top six picks, it's like, great, I have the 101. Like, I'm not going to get a quarterback, but I have the 101. Cool. We're going to get five quarterbacks in the first six picks. You get a nice little bump here at the end of the first this year with three tight ends that could potentially go early second, late first. This is you getting the 110 at 202, 201. So, and to be honest, whereas, like I said, I love this three tight ends and I think they're going to do great things depending on where they land. You can't pick best player available and also take Fant at 110 because, sorry, I shouldn't say best player available. He's a great player, probably better than some of those guys. You can't take most valuable player available and take Fan at 110 because I can tell you almost certainly if any of the guys that you just named hit even a little bit, they're going to pass Fan quick. The league is definitely a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and when Fant does his thing year one and has his flashes and looks real good uh, but doesn't put up a, a good end-of-season score, the overall consensus is going to be that uh, Hollywood, who had uh, 750 yards and five touchdowns, is going to be way over Fant, and you drafted him later. So you, you can take that luxury pick, but you're not taking uh, a most valuable player at that point, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, when it comes to – I mean, Russ, you've hit it on the head, hit the nail on the head, I think like four or five or six times now – but a lot of the players that we've been discussing that would come after a lot of those first tier or the first round players are pretty much the same players that you would want, even if they happen to be drafted in the first round. So the Anthony Isabellas of the world, the Paris Campbells, uh, Debo Samuels, I mean, a lot of the Marquise Brown, I mean, all of those guys, it's like, all right, well, if I can't get them in the, uh, if I can't get the players that we've already discussed this mock draft in the first round, I'm more than happy to take these guys in the second round. That's fine. So mm-hmm. if I'm, and Adam, you said it earlier, if you're sitting there at the 109, 110, and all those players that I just listed are still up there on the board, well, let's just move it. Let's move it back. Mm-hmm. See what you can get. And let's just move back and not have to worry about it. I mean, the, I think Russ, you've, you've made the point and I'm going to, I'm going to try and drill this into my head but it really, it really does make sense that jumble up a bunch of names, and you know, if I can move back and just get those same guys, I'll, I'll just take it. Mm-hmm. Why not? No, but like you were saying, you will be able to. Like the reason I love that I have seven trade addicts leagues at this point, which 
man, don't start seven leagues within two years. It's it's very intense. <laughs> I thank but you for I starting much, at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I pretty much have ADP at this point. <laughs> you right. know, with seven different leagues, but you know, I really look forward to you know going back a few months to be like, oh man, there's this one league where you know Marquise Brown went like 107, and he went in like mid twos everywhere else. And then he ends up being the next Deshaun Jackson. And it's just like, man, that, see? Who the hell knows? It's, right. Get guys you like. If there's no one you are super sold on, just keep moving back if you can. And you have to realize that what it cost to move back last year doesn't matter anymore. Sure. Yep. Uh, we've been talking about what seems like such low values to move around. But in this year, that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, tiers are gigantic. There, like last year, the year before, there was like three tiers in the first round. That doesn't happen anymore. That that's not this round. That's not this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. And if you were going to take AJ Brown at, at, you wanted AJ Brown at one, and you're going to take him at four, and that's the difference. Like I said, in getting TJ Hawkinson as your luxury pick because you had to have him. That's a huge deal. That's a that's a two player trade instead of a one player trade because that's the difference between taking AJ Brown at one. And then getting Andy Isabella later and Andy Isabella doesn't hit, or you take AJ Brown a little bit later and you get Hawk. You basically turn Isabella into Hawk just by moving back for the player you're already going to get. So, hey guys, what should we do in this draft? The real answer? Whatever, man. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you feel like doing. And of course, you're supposed to have fun, have fun anyway. Man. You can roll some dice, flip a coin, hey. just whatever makes you happy. That that's that's the answer in these kinds of drafts. It's do you have a flag to plant? No, whatever. No. You know, have fun. Yeah, just have you, you, fun. This guy's name's Hollywood. I like that. Right. I mean, it didn't work out well with Higgins, but right. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> trade back unless you can't, so trade up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Just go out. You know, find out who someone you like likes. You know. Yeah. Why do I like AJ Brown? Man, Shane would not shut up about him. So I'm like, yeah, okay. That's I've heard a lot him. about him. Yeah. I like him now. It's Jeff just, it's been drilled into my head. I like AJ Brown. I mean, that's not the real case, but it is true. That dude has always loved AJ Brown and it's been right. drilled into my head because I apparently just talk to him too much now. Right. Um, <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. I don't know if you've talked to him. Sometimes it can be. He's been very mean to me lately. Um, <laughs> he hates all of us in the group chat. It's fun. This is true. Don't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like when we say just have fun, it makes it seem a little flippant. It makes it seem like we are taking this lightly, which we are, but not in a negative way. You know, if you like a guy, go get him. You know, do what you got to do. But if there isn't a guy that you are super into, just roll with punches. That's That's what this is about. Or just yes. get the hell out of the draft and go get Tyler Boyd, because I love that guy. Uh, and yeah, I think the biggest thing out of all of this, have fun. And of course, we always have fun when we sit down and talk with you, Russ. But before we get you on out of here tonight, uh, I mean, what else is going on? So you've got seven Trade Addicts leagues. Do mm-hmm. we have anything else that we can expect out of you like throughout the offseason? The non-point scoring season. Exactly. Come on, man. The non-point brand. Got to build that hashtag brand. Absolutely. Uh, what do we got going on? Well, I mean, Trade Addicts Pod every week. You know, I'm on Twitter way too much when I should be working. So I always there. Always hit me up. Though. Always tag me. You know, anybody ever complains that I want to be tagged in trade polls, just tag me twice. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I'll always be there for you guys. Uh, 
I put on, uh, I threw it out on Twitter that I just want to podcast more. And so maybe if I can convince my wife not to leave me, if I jump into more podcasts, anybody has any ideas out there, DM me. Uh, I'd always do more. Or if you guys are just looking for a third co-host, man, just, you know, you know where to find me. (laughs) Just saying. You need to keep your number of appearances on the show greater than Peter's anyway. So we'll just keep you on speed dial. There you go. Bam. Uh, but otherwise, no, got those Trade Addicts leagues going. Sorry if you didn't get in. And I even, like, I legitimately feel bad. The last two leagues are just, I put them together with people I wanted to be leagues in. <laughs> it, actually, my last three leagues, because I did it with the cartoon do-gooders, too. So, yes. yeah, next next year, I promise, more, more leagues for the people out there. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. Just please don't ask me for more this year. I can, I, I'll say yes eventually, and I don't want to. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Ben, for coming out tonight. Uh, Adam, before we end the show, do we have anything, any other announcements for the people? Yeah, so I'm in that Trade Addict 6 League, and like you said, I, I had to justify being in another league because uh, I almost, my wife almost wanted to divorce me too. How crazy is that? So <laughs> to, to justify one more league in my crazy amount of leagues, I said, I'm going to do this different, and I'm going to try something that I've never done before. I'm going to care about age. Um, so I think I have an all-star non-point scoring league uh, team, and I don't think that my team's going to score any points when it's time to set lineups. It's going to look pretty while it happens. It's going to yes. look fantastic while it happens. Kenny Galladay is going to be a very pretty name while he does uh, disappoints us. But uh, thanks to so be able much. to sell him for the one hundred and one plus. Yes, eight hundred yards yeah. and three touchdowns. Yeah, I hope so. But thanks so much for coming on, Russ. I mean, it's always a joy having you on. Uh, just a reminder, we're part of the DLF family of pods uh, as mm-hmm. is Trade Addicts. So we're probably going to have Russ's voice on here without Russ. So that's going to be awesome. And uh, also <laughs> make sure that you check out the Best Ball Owners Manual. They sounded awesome the first episode. Yes. A little bit of the audio problems, but the, the voices were fantastic. And yes, listen uh, anyway. Yeah, yes. I agree. And great. then. Devi owner's manual is just they've been absolutely dominating and they've assured us that the next episode is going to be their best one yet so i can't wait to hear that one what, am um, i guessing on that show is that what's going on is that why you are supposed, right? supposed to be a secret <laughs> yeah. but you can find me at apwilde follow the uh the twitter at dynasty manual check us out on youtube at dynasty pregame and thank you for joining us and Russ, where can the folks find you at if they're going to tag you eight times in the same Twitter uh, trade poll? At Dynasty Outhouse. You could throw at Trade Addicts Pod. I don't check that nearly as enough as I should. So if you do ever want to DM about trades or anything. Why doesn't Brian do it? You can't trust Brian for anything. Okay, He's a smart guy, but, you know, a little flighty. I'm sorry, Brian. I didn't mean that. I love you. Um, yeah, throw it to us personally uh, at Brian Har FF or at Dynasty Outhouse. There's a we'll, we check the pod handle, but not nearly as much as we should. So especially if you're like in the middle of a draft and you need an answer, just throw it to us personally. But yeah, the at Trade Addicts Pod. I don't remember if I said that out loud, but there you go. Right. Those, those are the three handles to hit us up at. All right. So for Adam. For Russ at Dynasty Outhouse and for the Trade Addicts uh, crew, I'm Chris Allen. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Allen FFWX. And we thank you guys for joining and we'll catch you all next week. When it hits, you feel no pain. Praying for the fantasy championship. Hit the books, kid. Read this pamphlet called the Dynasty Owner's Manual. It's automatic. Dynasty. It's automatic. Owner's Manual. It's automatic, dynasty, it's automatic.